Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Bo Bruce. I've told you what a horrible disease leprosy was at the time of Jesus many times before, but I'll remind you again. The organism causes severe damage to the skin, nerves, eyes, and limbs, and that nerve damage makes the limbs become numb slowly, and that results in people injuring themselves. Those injuries get infected and they don't heal properly. Essentially, parts of these people slowly rot away. You can imagine what that looks like, and you have probably seen photographs of people affected by the disease leprosy. It's very disfiguring but the pictures don't capture the smell of that slowly rotting flesh. And for these people afflicted by leprosy, it wasn't just a health problem. It was a severe social problem. You were an outcast. You weren't allowed to go to the temple and participate in the religious life of your community. You had to stay far away from everyone, so you couldn't do any work, and you were forced to beg to survive. Even your friends and family would disown you. Luckily, these 10 people with leprosy had heard about Jesus, and they were hoping for a miracle. They keep their distance as required, but they aren't afraid to yell out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. However, as I read this story, I wonder why they would even bother. After all, don't you think they'd ask God many times to take their affliction from them? And one must imagine that it felt to them that their prayers had gone unanswered all of those many times they'd prayed before. In fact, we know Jesus did not heal all the leprosy in the region, so that we know that there were many who felt that way, those that never sought Jesus out to be healed. I've asked God to help me, and he hasn't, so what's this guy going to do? But these, these lepers didn't let that deter them. And maybe some of them, especially those who never came to Jesus, though, even began to believe that they had done something to deserve what happened to them. Have you ever felt that way? That maybe you've given up asking God for something because you think he's not listening? Have you decided that God doesn't want to fix something that isn't right in your life? I can assure you that God does want to make you and his entire creation right, as we've been talking about recently. And the fathers warn us that one of the worst sins we can fall into is despondency. Because when we do that, we begin to believe that there is nothing that can help us, not even God. And there's nothing further from the truth. God's always there and willing to help us. And it's stories like these that remind us of that. So let's see what happens next. Jesus says something odd. At least I think it's odd. Go show yourselves to the priests. If I was one of these people, I'd probably look at myself and go, what are you talking about? I can't go show myself to the priests. Look at me. Nothing has changed. I'm still a leper. I'm not allowed anywhere near the temple. I'm not even allowed to get closer to you. Jesus, is this just your polite way of saying, get lost? Yet these folks were not going to give up, as I've already noted, and they clearly must have decided that they had nothing to lose. After we heard that that guy healed a lot of people, maybe we ought to listen to him, even though we don't understand. And so they listened obediently to God. And along the way, the story says they were healed. 
And this is yet another important lesson from this story we have to remember. God heals us in his way on his terms. This is hammered into us by scripture over and over again, and yet we all, including myself, tend to forget it all too frequently. In fact, we have another miraculous healing from leprosy in the Old Testament that echoes this point. The healing of Naaman by Elisha in 2 Kings. And here's the story. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored to you and you will be clean. But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abna and Barpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then, when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean have you gotten angry at God because he told you what you needed to do to be healed and you didn't like it how often have you not affected a healing in your own life because you want a miraculous transformation but God told you that you just need to do something ordinary a bunch of times with God all things are possible and the Blessed Virgin reminds us of that when she said yes to God, even though she didn't understand how. And by her consent, she saved the world. As I often say, we need to spend more time of our prayer listening and not talking. All too often, our uncleanness, our sin, will make it difficult to understand what and why God is telling us to do something. However, all we need to do to be healed is to listen carefully and do what God says. So, the people with leprosy were probably surprised most by the first part of what Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. But for those of us who come from different Christian traditions that believe that God pretty much does all the work, if not all the work, of saving us, we're probably more surprised by the second part of what Jesus said, your faith has made you well, which really translated more literally from the Greek is your faith has saved you. How can something I do save me? We believe as Orthodox Christians that indeed we must do something, lots of stuff to be saved. We have to cooperate with God, just like these people affected with leprosy did. We also believe that being saved is not just a spiritual, but a very physical thing too. We're not disembodied spirits. Now or when we die, we will have resurrected bodies. But God didn't just come to save our souls. He came to save our bodies too. He came to restore everything to the very good he proclaimed creation to be on the sixth day. He did not come to fix us mentally or spiritually only. He came also healing our bodies. And this is part of the reason that we as Orthodox discipline our bodies, as St. Paul tells us that we must do. And we come here each week and are physically engaged in our services because this is our belief. And again, we believe in the incarnation. God became man. He became man to save us, every part of us, not just our souls, not just our minds, but our physical 
human bodies. So, now to the last part of the story. The ten go on their way. They're all healed, but only one, a Samaritan, turns back to give thanks to God. And this is important for a couple of reasons. First, as you well know, Samaritans were already outcasts, already considered unclean people. To then get leprosy was adding insult to injury. Jesus did not come just to heal people who were already on the end, like the Jews. He came to save everyone. And we have to keep this in mind at all times and be on guard against pride. Just because we are Orthodox, we are not automatically on the end with Jesus. We must not judge or condemn our non-Orthodox Christian brothers and sisters. And we must firmly assert that we believe that God is merciful. And Jesus himself tells us we will be surprised who is at the wedding banquet and who will be at the door begging to get in. We believe that the faithfulness and obedience of our forefathers and mothers in the church have transmitted the most authentic and accurate version of the faith that Jesus gave to his disciples to pass on to us. And this is to our great benefit, but it's not magic. It's no substitute for our participation. We must remember that God loves the sinner, and thank God he does, because we all are. We must remember that God loves the murderer, the pedophile, the terrorist, the Protestant, the Roman Catholic, the Buddhist, the Muslim. He even loves the person who voted for that other person that you don't like. He loves us all, and he's ready to heal us if we just, as we've said, listen to what he says and obediently act in accordance with it. If we do what God tells us, we cannot fail to be saved, by God. And when he saves us, let's be like that Samaritan and thank him profusely for it. So to wrap up, there's a lot to learn from this little story. First, never give up on God. He will never give up on you. Second, listen. And when you hear what to do, don't tell God to shut up and go away. Don't go sulk or go away in a fit of rage like Naaman. No matter how odd or how unmiraculous what God is telling you to do, just go do it, faithfully and obediently. And finally, when you're healed because of all of that, give thanks to God. This week, don't forget to thank God for everything good, because he is the source of all good. Pray, remembering that you ought to be listening more than you ought to be talking. And when you hear something, have faith, just do it, and you will be saved. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.